Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the topics of security, technology, society, and human meaning. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that curates tens of hours of reading into a concise 15-minute summary, as well as regular episodes featuring essays, interviews, and book reviews on these same topics. The goal is to provide a weekly, concise, and curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 324. This is Daniel Meisler, starting out with security news. Topic, lapsus. So Microsoft and Okta acknowledge that they were hit by an extortion-focused hacking group called lapsus. The group has also hit many other companies, including NVIDIA, Samsung, and Vodafone. And I personally know of lots of others that haven't been named yet. Initially called a ransomware group, the group is actually specifically focused on stealing data like source code and then trying to get the company to pay for them to not release it. Okta is taking reputation damage for knowing about the issue earlier, all the way back in January, and being slow to respond and being slow to advise their customers and the public. The main attack vector seems to be social engineering for Lapsus, specifically bribing or tricking insiders to share cookies for logged-in sessions with internal systems. And this is extremely scary because it bypasses so many infosec controls that companies have in place. And to be clear, they use lots of different techniques, but the fact that they're going after insiders is particularly interesting. Brian Krebs says that the group has been acquiring insiders since November of 21. Microsoft says the group has also used SIM swapping to gain access to key accounts. And a 16-year-old from Oxford, England, has been identified as the ringleader for Lapsus. And City of London police say they've arrested seven teenagers associated with the group. They've already been released. And their names aren't released because they're too young. So my analysis on this, for me, the biggest takeaway is the targeting of insiders with bribes and tricks to attain their access to internal systems. I predicted this would happen years ago, and I was wrong about that. Perhaps this will break that attack vector open, though, which will place significant focus on company insider threat programs, which I just think has been off the radar for some reason, and maybe this is going to change that. Second thing is there's a separate conversation blowing up on InfoSec Twitter talking about how this is a bunch of teenagers with no official training and how this is evidence that we shouldn't be gatekeeping people from getting into cybersecurity. In short, these kids could hack the planet without any official credentials, so why are we stopping people from becoming cybersecurity defenders? Because they don't have those same bona fides. And I think that's an interesting discussion, but I think it misses the point of there being a difference between what applies to unique cases of talent and what's needed for the general population. Because if you're an InfoSec Defender genius in the way that these kids are like attacker geniuses, and you can debate that, but they've without question been very successful, right? So if you have that level of talent on the Defender side, you also don't have a problem getting a job. I know so many people who have no credentials whatsoever, and they are very high up in, you know, all sorts of areas inside of cybersecurity. So even without a degree or certifications, 
you can go very far. And the problem is that's for the like the top 5% or the top 10% or the top 1% or whatever. So the question isn't really about those elite people because they can find jobs either on the attacker side or on the defender side. The question is everyone else. And that's where certifications and training and degrees and everything comes into play, right? Because we need millions of people into this field. And it's not everyone's path to just jump in and start, you know, hacking and building stuff and, you know, getting known for doing that online, which is like the best way of, of getting a job. And uh, kind of building your own reputation, which massively supplements having any sort of credentials. It's, it's much better than having credentials. But you have to be at that level for it to supplant the need credentials. Otherwise, a lot of hiring departments are just not going to see you. So you kind of have to be pulled in from the inside based on networking. And that's just not super scalable. And we, we need millions of people. So I think training and certifications and that sort of stuff is going to be required regardless. The FCC has added Russian AV company Kaspersky to its bad list, saying it poses an unacceptable risk to U.S. national security. And the FBI says almost $7 billion was lost to cybercrime in 2021, beating 2020's record by nearly $2 billion. Hyperproofs 2022 IT Compliance Benchmark Report for the third year in a row, Hyperproof has surveyed over 1,000 IT professionals to find out what they feel the biggest challenges are in compliance and how they plan to address them this year. The findings showed that organizations worldwide face an unprecedented risk of data breaches and other business disruptions due to compromised systems. Learn what companies are doing to address these issues, including best practices, industry trends, and new strategies. And you can download the link to this document in the newsletter. CISA has a website called Shields Up that it hopes will help individuals and organizations prepare themselves for cyber attack by Russia. The site includes official statements, lists of known vulnerabilities used in attacks, recommendations, and current TTPs for various threat agents. They recommend using 2FA, preferably tokens, installing updates, and thinking before you click along with using strong passwords. Those are their primary recommendations. Russia is considering selling oil and gas for Bitcoin. I doubt this will help crypto's reputation as a legitimate project in the eyes of regulators. So hopefully this doesn't go too far and hurt Bitcoin and crypto even more. Sophos Firewall has a critical RCE, and Western Digital MyCloud NAS devices have a root access vulnerability that you should fix. Technology news. You can now search for doctor appointments in Google search and click the book button to set an appointment. The service is provided by Minute Click at CVS and some other unnamed scheduling services. I think this is cool how we're merging a whole bunch of different kind of industries, like searching for medicines, searching for doctor appointments, Having it all just be in search, I think this is really smart. The other place I think it makes sense is on smart speakers. So if you could just tell whatever, 
your uh, favorite smart speaker, get me an appointment to this or order me some medicine or get me some food or whatever. That and search and obviously mobile phone, those are the highest integration points for interactions that people have with their tech. And I think we should just be able to ask those sorts of real world questions about groceries, about doctor's appointments, about wanting to see a therapist or whatever, and just have it right there with you at all times. I think this is an example of the future that we were promised with technology. The DOJ is saying Google routinely hides emails from litigation by using a little known trick called CCing your lawyers. So you basically CC them and you say attention to your lawyers and you get that email protected by attorney client privilege. This is, uh, I've heard about this for years and it's funny that someone's calling it out. Human news. A new study in the New England Journal of Medicine shows that immunity gained by Omicron infection is unlikely to protect you against other COVID variants and that vaccination is advised for broader protection. This one's counterintuitive to me. I, I always, for some reason, just thought natural immunity would be much stronger. And I think there were some early indications that that was the case, but it looks like the later studies are showing that vaccination is broader spectrum. In most counties in the U.S., in 2020, deaths outpaced births. That's actually really hard to say. Deaths outpaced births in most U.S. counties. Demographer Kenneth Johnson says this was unheard of in all of American history. And that was 2020, so no explanation needed. Will Smith violently slapped Chris Rock in the face. And can't believe I'm talking about the Oscars. I do not watch the Oscars. But I thought this was quite interesting. He basically, Chris Rock gave, uh, did a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, her head was shaved. And he made a joke about G.I. Jane version two or something like she was going to be in a movie with her head shaved and will smith laughed at first but then he stood up walked onto the stage walked all the way across the stage and slapped chris rock massively hard in the face like hard enough to like spin him around and he put like all of his weight into it it was crazy and the whole crowd was like just assuming it was a prank or whatever, or that it was staged. And it was not. Then later on, Will Smith gets an Oscar. And again, I'm watching clips after the fact because I wasn't watching it, but he gets an Oscar after the fact. And, you know, he breaks down and he's very sad or whatever. And he's apologizing, but it was just, it was crazy. And I've, I've got a bunch of thoughts on it. Initial thoughts. So my first thoughts are, one, it's admirable to defend your wife's honor, I think, uh, to some degree. Two, part of defending someone's honor has to be accepting the consequences, including being punished by the Oscars and possibly being charged for assault. I mean, that was definitely assault. And three, it's extremely dangerous to legitimize violence in the name of love. So during his acceptance speech, he was like, people do crazy things for love. But a lot of people have pointed out, this is what a lot of abusers say. 
uh, especially in domestic violence. It's like, oh, you know, you just make me so crazy with love or whatever, in like a jealousy type situation. And that's why, you know, I put my hands on you or whatever. And it just seems like a horrible precedent. And I think he already knew that. Like in his apology, he did kind of deflect and not fully apologize the way he probably should have. But he definitely knew he had messed up. And I don't think he was just saying that because he cared about the public image. I think he honestly knew that he messed up. But anyway, it's complex. We'll see what happens from it. And Apple won Best Picture for Coda. And they're the first streaming service to actually have done this. Not seen it myself, but probably will have a look at this point. And that is two stories about the Oscars, which is too, too many, in my opinion. Content ideas and analysis. How to Disagree, a summary of Paul Graham's great piece on how to argue, and the actual pronunciation of GIF. My God, I can't believe I said that. From the creator. So I've always been in the GIF camp, but now I'm switching to GIF because the creator literally said it's pronounced GIF, and there's, you cannot pronounce it as GIF. And when he accepted his Webby Award in 2013, he actually played a GIF. My goodness. And it was nothing but, um, it's pronounced GIF, not GIF. So, whatever. I personally believe that if a creator is alive and has an opinion on a name or how to pronounce a name, then that becomes the authoritative way of saying that thing. That's just my opinion. Notes, we had a fantastic book club this week. One of the best ones, I would say. Probably my favorite part was a discussion we had about the varied beliefs we have within the UL community. So one of the call mentioned that they voted for Trump not just once, but twice. They mentioned that the UL community still didn't kick them out. And we wanted to point out that we have Russian atheists, just in this call, Russian atheists, Previous militant atheists, by the way, the Russian guy is super pro-Ukraine and um, is having a lot of grief about current relations with other people in Russia. Um, But yeah, basically, we have very left people in general. We've got a lot of center people, and we've got a, a couple of people, this particular individual, very right, very conservative, happens to be Catholic. And not voting for Trump the third time, so that's that's a uh, that's a good thing. But just sort of expressing that we're all on this call together, discussing a piece of literature, and having a great time with it. And we ended up talking about the um, "Don't Say Gay" uh, conversation that's happening in Florida right now, and we're having a fairly intense, interesting political discussion with a hardcore Catholic like, you know, Russian atheist and a bunch of center people and most of the call and most of the community being heavily left focused. And I think it's a wonderful thing. And it's how the internet was supposed to work. It's how communities are supposed to work. It's how the U.S. is supposed to work. We're supposed to be able to disagree but still respect each other and see each other's common humanity. And I'm thankful we have some sliver of that here within the UL community. And 
thank you to every single one of you that are a part of this. Arata, in a previous issue, I said BSI was a German cybersecurity company. It's actually more like the CISA within the US, i.e. a government organization dedicated to improving cybersecurity for the country, in this case, Germany. Discovery, Brian Krebs, Deeper Look at Lapsus. Who imports the most Russian oil? This is a fantastic data visualization from Information is Beautiful. The COVID data pack, symptoms, contagiousness, incubation, treatments, mask materials, etc. This is also from Information is Beautiful, which if you love data viz, you have to know this site. There are around 3 trillion trees on the planet. I would not have guessed that. I would have guessed a high number of hundreds of billions. Strong hands evidently lengthen your life. Why is that? Because they help you fall less often. Bashing the bash, replacing shell scripts with Python. Cool article, but it was too down on bash in my opinion. I say long live shell scripting. And OSINT, Fuff 1.4, version 1.4 of one of the best OSINT tools out there, complete with new features and a new logo slash mascot. Recommendation for the week, try to schedule some extended in-person time with close friends. I got to hang out with Clint Gibbler of TLDRSec for a few hours on Sunday before book club, and we've grown quite a relationship over, I would say, the pandemic, maybe starting before that. And it was just phenomenal to hang out for hours and not really have a strict timeline of when things have to stop and just feeling like we can discuss everything, personal work, whatever. I think nothing replaces spending deep time with a friend without a pressing time constraint. And while we're between variants, I recommend that you try to get in some immersive friend time with someone you care about in person. I think that's crucial in person. Obviously safe. And the aphorism for the week, propaganda doesn't deceive people. It merely helps them deceive themselves. Propaganda doesn't deceive people. It merely helps them deceive themselves. Eric Hoffer. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time.